Hi everybody and welcome to Transformation from the Trenches. This week, both myself and Quasi will be talking about transformational fallout. We'll be talking about things like treating people as people during transformation, being careful of where workplace trauma can actually start to arise. And we touch a little bit on the concept of actually putting in place distributed transformation. So allowing transformation to happen at source. So without further ado, let's get into it with myself and Quasi. Hey, Quasi, good to see you again. Good, good to, to see you again, buddy. It's always <laughs> great chatting and getting getting these um, conversations out um, and just just hearing what others are also facing into. Um, but yes, welcome, everybody. Thank you for listening and tuning in. Um, yeah, as they've said, we're going to talk about one of our in-between topics. Jumping straight into it for me, you haven't worked at big organizations as well doing transformation. Well, first of all, they're always the biggest transformation we've ever done. That's the first message that gets stated. I don't think I've ever seen a transformation where they haven't said that. And yeah, when that happens, that creates like fear instantly. Because a lot of what's happened previously with transformations is that like roles have changed, people have lost their jobs, people have kind of moved on. So it creates instant like fear of what's going to happen for me. And I think that there is a real thing within transformation. There will be changes in your structure. There will be changes in the people required to work in certain areas. For me, the first thing is pay careful attention to the language and what you're using and that behavior drives in people. (laughs) If the transformations that happened previously have meant that people have been let go or they've been put in roles they're unhappy with or wherever it may be, then as soon as you say transformation, be careful of the fallout for people. So you see, as leaders, I believe the positive intent is to grow and to change for the betterment of the company. Yeah. So the positive intent is there. It's just the fallout of doing that is that you're creating fear, likelihood is people may lose their jobs at the organization. But there are real ways you can change that as well. For me, yes, People may lose their jobs at the organization, but it's how you face into it that's the important piece. If you made it your mission to ensure that every person who had to move on from your company, you would help them find a job before that happened, then that sends a very different message to people. That provides safety and comfort for them, but also their families. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, absolutely. I, I echo that. Um, and I, I would say something really quick to the point you made about uh, many organizations saying, oh, going on a, this is our biggest transformation ever. This is going to revolutionize the role. They, they might not say that, but typically, this is our biggest transformation ever. Um, yeah, straight off, it's just, as you're saying, pressure, fear of getting it wrong because A, it's big, it's huge. People are scared of what that state looks like uh, and again it's not point to point like i said it's always a journey and it's always we're always moving best to transform in small, slowly small small and not make it a big five-year transformation program no now uh, if you're having to do that then something is fundamentally wrong um and already it's fearful right people are already kind of back footing into it oh gosh my you know, am i going to be safe so you're absolutely right and many a times i've seen organizations oh yeah so what yeah, they're going to leave, they're going to, we, 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 we're going to lose people, 
we just care about ourselves, right? It's, it's, it's not right. You have to focus on word and messaging that goes out. It, it, it is fascinating because that fear element, and, and we are, so Dave and I are really, really big on um, when we talk about transformation, we speak about looking inwards, looking for capabilities, skills, people within the organization that will really take it on and help you achieve and drive it forward. Invest in your people for them to invest in information. So it's the same thing. Um, but if people are not being taken care of, then the whole transformation is at risk of not really succeeding. You might do best intent, share the vision, share the purpose, share why we're having to go down this route and on, the, on this journey and reemphasize the point it's a journey. We're going to learn, we're going to fail on things, and we're going to learn from those failings. But you have to wrap your hands around your people. Um, it's, it's imperative and if they are fearful they're afraid of something listen be, be there open space just get that all out get people talking and get it all out and be cognizant of that and not just brush it off or they're just whining they're just moaning they're just doing this they don't want to do it it's not that it's change is hard for anyone and everyone so we need to be present as leaders we need to be present as colleagues and as individuals and as coaches, we need to be empathetic. We need to understand that we are not all built the same. We have to, yeah, wrap our hands around everyone. So, yeah, absolutely um, important. I just wanted to echo that. Yeah, I think that like two things that come up for me as you were sharing that. Like the first one is, I was thinking about this as you as you were saying it and as you were explaining kind of you know transformation from your perspective. Mm-hmm why can't we shift the way we do transformation, right? Because mm. all these transformations, the big organizations, they're big bang, they're yeah. X years programs worth of work and so on. So I would propose that we shift it and we do distributed transformation. So we distribute transformation to places where people actually transform. Mm. So that would be coupled with distributed authority to transform as well. Right. So shift the way you work instead of centralizing things, yeah. instead of like people like believing they know best and yeah. doing all these things. Because transformation is human, right? It's transformation that you're talking about, regardless of whether you want to talk about, you know, your ways of working, your delivery and all this, it first of all happens at the human level. Yes. And yeah. you can't transform someone, they have to do it for themselves. Yeah. Why would you centralize something that has to be done by the people on the ground? Mm-hmm. So I would propose something along the lines of, and I might, I might gather my thoughts around this and share a post <laughs> or something, but something around a distributed transformation. Mm-hmm. You know, quasi, you've got like another topic around integral transformation, which talks yes. about yes. like the real human transformation, yes. because I believe that's the most important piece. And I believe if we do, if we do that and we get that right, yes. then you get your results as a byproduct. The results aren't the goal, like the <laughs> things that... They're, they're things that happen because you've built the right things in your system. Indeed. So I'd like to explore that a little bit more at some point, not today, but yeah, distribution yeah. transformation. And the second piece that stood out for me is, as you were talking, it's getting that, that essence of just treat people as people, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's about shifting. Before you treat someone as a person, you have to think of them as a person. Because how you think of things shapes your behavior, shapes how you interact, and so on. So 
don't think of those employees. Mm-hmm. Don't think of people as resources to be used. <laughs> think of people as unique, complex individuals okay. that have a life that spans far beyond your organization. You know, we could spend time like debating work-life balance, which I don't believe <laughs> is a, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't doesn't really exist life is life right and we, have, we have components and we have things that go into that yeah um but i think for me it's really making sure you're you're thinking and you're treating people as people that will help mm. minimize that fallout it'll help you understand the potential impact you're having on people by using language by making a decision in my experience it's so key to have that way of thinking mindset yeah a company i worked with Back in a day in London, small, smallish company, and they were like sort of calling themselves a startup, but they were five years old uh, at the time. Um, but they were backing on some form of transformation and trying to build certain outcomes and products that they, they, they needed. But the, the leadership in place focused so much on everyone in the company that it was refreshing to see, um, and the results were outstanding in terms of how people showed up and they truly believed in in everything that they, they were trying the organization was trying to do they were part of it they were not sold it they were not bought in mm-hmm. they were part of it if you truly put people first uh, and they know and they feel that they are first and they are the center of whatever you're trying to achieve in the organization it's a different feeling it's a different different environment entirely uh, and the results like you said byproducts they are byproducts uh, i speak about i've uh, spoken to this as well before to someone but productivity is a byproduct of happy people happy teams happy environment happy structure happy everything right put that emphasis first and then byproducts will everything else will sort itself out uh, as i said you focus on the right things and then it just clocks in but it is true uh, and people don't want to hear that but yes the key thing is the people needs to be the real core otherwise the fallout is huge mm. huge even as you sh- even as you like you shared that story which is a great story actually sharing how like leadership already invested in that mm. again that amplifies across to the people because yes. they they feel that and then they show that commitment and it's kind of that relationship right yeah. and again that's why relationships are so key when you've got a strong relationship it just amplifies across the board yeah. And language again, like you want them to buy in, you don't want to convince them. Mm-hmm. You want them you want to invite them to create That's something it. for themselves. Yeah. Because if they create it for themselves, what's the likelihood is that they're actually gonna do it? Mm. Fairly yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. Unless something else in the system is stopping them, but it's fairly hard. If they've created something for themselves that they truly believe is powerful, mm. they'll get behind it. If you're convincing them something, you always need to be there to convince them. It's really great as well to, when you've seen those two contrasts of a real, real supportive leadership group. Yeah. When we say autonomy and all that stuff, it's real. Yeah. And you can feel it. <laughs> they show up in that. Yeah. Just the positive impacts across the teams. And as you said, focus on those relationships. Focus mm-hmm. on the people. Mm-hmm. And the things that you want for success for your organization, ultimately, they will happen. Yes. Because it's a byproduct of the people and the relationships. Yes. so what are some of the other fallouts that you've you've seen that they in terms of when when yeah when things have 
not been dealt with properly and how it impacts teams. So the, I guess, the, yeah, so the biggest and most concerning for me is just, is, is like the human well-being impact. Yeah. Yeah. The, the real human impact it has on people's lives yeah. and their families. Yeah. And I, mean, I talk about that from a mental health perspective, from a trauma perspective. I mean, trauma is quite a powerful word, but if I look around organizations, there's definite signs of workplace trauma existing. So when you put people under perpetual fear, pressure, strain, mm. then that's a traumatic state over time. Yeah. It sends people into that traumatic state. And I think that that's really hard to see, actually. When you're in an organization and you see a lot of that, I have to say, I find it's difficult to see. And uh, you, know, you do your best to support people, yeah. but sometimes not enough focus and attention from the organization is being put on it. No. Their decisions and how they're setting up is yeah. create a traumatic environment for people yeah. and resulting in out of illness off work, yeah. stress, poor relationships, yeah. friction. That's the most concerning piece of thought. Yeah. Yeah. I go back to that word I used earlier, that productivity thing, because all of these trauma, um, stress, all of these pressures that are being imposed on team members and the people within organizations results in the outputs and the outcomes that they've been asked to achieve, right? And then that's banded around all non-productive teams. But if, as you said, if we take care of and look at everything that we are doing onto everyone in the team and we take care of those and make sure that no one is stressed or being imposed, all these traumatic events happening, then you start to see things different. Things happen differently. It's not about us having to put some performance measures to measure productivity. It's just the whole lack of belief and the true sense of, I have something to do with how I show up to help someone else be comfortable and be themselves. Mm. That lack of, that, that, yeah, the lack of, in, I'm not just going to say just leadership, but even as colleagues and even as uh, things I say, you mentioned language, uh, very important. Things I say and things I do without knowing it, I may be unconsciously putting pressure on my team, my team member, my colleague, right? Um, and it's not just leadership acting in the same ways, it's team colleagues as well. We, we also um, do, do stuff to each other. Um, but it is, it is important. Language is important how leaders we show up and how we cater for the environments and our people and, and how we look after each other as, as peers as well. Uh, it's, all, it's all very much intertwined. As an organism, organization, it's the people that makes an organization. Mm. That's a great way to say it. What came up for me as you were sharing it as well is the, you know, we are human beings, so we will get stressed. Yeah. But do you have the support mechanism? Do you have the relationships that help you when you get stressed? Yeah. Are you in an environment where, yeah. do you have real safety to open yourself up? And the way that comes up for me is, is vulnerability, right? Because it is, it is about showing a little bit of vulnerability for yourself yeah. and just sharing that I'm stressed. Yes. I'm not quite right. I'm not quite on top of my game. Yeah. And by doing that, if you're able to cultivate those relationships in that environment where that can happen, then you can support each other. 
Yes. So if you're having a good day and you feel great and someone else is not feeling great, then how can you support them in that day? Yeah. How can you bring that back up to support yeah. each other? Yeah. I think that, you know, another word I hear, which is resilience. Yeah. <laughs> I get kind of concerned when I hear the, hear the word resilience being talked about in organizations, and I'll, I'll explain why. Mm. To be clear, resilience is a good thing to have. So it's good to be, have a certain level of resilience to situations as they arise. Yeah. So you can cope with them and get through them. The concern I have in organizations is that I'm, I'm cautious that resilience is being used as a coping mechanism for people to deal with situations they shouldn't have to deal yeah, with. I agree. So you're, at, you're asking people to be resilient to toxic situations on a regular basis. <laughs> so you're asking them basically to have a long-term coping mechanism for a traumatic situation. Yeah. That, for me, that doesn't feel right and doesn't That's make wrong. sense. It's wrong on so many different levels. You should be looking to have to remove those things that are causing them to have to be resilient to them, right? Yes. They will need some level of resilience, but from what I've seen, you're basically asking them to deal with horrific situations on a regular basis and cope with it. Yeah, no. <laughs> Unacceptable. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I've, I've, heard, I've heard that word used a lot. Um, and I recall having a few conversations with, with a few people in like, I think I need to boost the mind. I need to be more resilient. Uh, okay, let's explore this. Okay, <laughs> let's explore this. What do you mean by that? So you need to understand it. Right? In, in all, it just it wasn't that. When we explore the conversation, it wasn't that at all, right? Many organisations, due to many factors and this whole, and we spoke about this in the previous podcast before, and they've mentioned fast pace, fast, 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 fast to get things out. There are so many things that, as I was saying, the toxic environment that has been put on the teams and it's just, it's just, oh, they have to be more resilient. They have to be more, no, uh, it's unacceptable. That's just unethical um, in, in, in so many ways. Uh, how about if we flip the coin, right? If mm -hmm. we flip the coin uh, on the other side and it's been done to you, uh, would that be something that you would want? Right, and you'd be told, oh, you have to be more resilient. <laughs> right, um, let's think about that. <laughs> as, as you say, that's a really good point, right? So people will only really build a level of resilience for themselves if it's something that's come from them. Um, yes. So if you're telling people they need to be resilient, you're applying a vision onto them that wasn't created for themselves. Yeah. And most likely isn't the most important thing for them right now. It's the belief that you can tell people you must be resilient and resilience is the right thing for you. But again, let's go back to what we talked about at the beginning of this, which was transformation happens at the human level. And I'll go back to distributed trans transformation is people transforming for themselves, having like their control and autonomy to understand what is most important to them and how are they going to transform. Yeah. Are there any other fallouts from your perspective that you've seen over the years? Whether this is part of it, but I've seen over the years, I've seen a real sense of confidence knock mm. in people and the, the, the belief or the lack of belief in themselves again. It's like, I don't, I don't know if I, if I was ever good enough um, or capable enough or can I even go on to another role because I don't know anymore. I've just, 
this has just happened to me and I've just been dumped and uh, that whole confidence level just gets knocked down people just get really knocked down it's sometimes quite hard to pick them up again um, mm. I've seen that I've seen that show up a few times as well I say you know, some, of, some of the fallouts it's hard to sort of see those things, these things play out um, when organisations don't really care for people this way it just uh, yeah it's, it's just sad so that, that I've whole confidence knock uh, I've seen in the past as well play out. What comes up for me is the fact that it kind of almost feels entities can be tied quite strongly to their social constructs. So in this in this instance, the and I've seen it as well quite a bit, their identity, who they are, is woven into who they are at their organization. So when transformation happens and you don't consider that, yeah. you're not just asking them to change, you're changing their whole identity. Yeah which means that it obviously has a knock on their confidence, has a knock on their belief in their ability to do something. Because how they see and perceive the world, you haven't fully understood. Mm-hmm. haven't thought of other ways to allow these changes to happen in a much more productive way. Yeah. So, yeah, again, psychology is a very interesting subject. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, anyone who's listening, I encourage you to look at it. It's really interesting to understand just for yourself as well. So start start with yourself and to understand like how do you see and perceive the world? How do you interact with things? How do you create and form your own identity? Yeah, just a real powerful way of looking at you as a person. Yeah. So that's what kind of came up for me as you were sharing that piece, actually. Yeah, yeah that's cool. And the last thing I'll add to that is take care of self, so self-care. Yeah, make sure you take time for yourself. And and as you said, um, if you are feeling stressed or you're not feeling 100%, tell your colleagues, tell your boss, I'm not feeling great today. I'm not up for it today. So you guys, you all be gentle with me today because I'm not feeling it, <laughs> right? Um, mm-hmm. Take care of yourself. Yeah, it's very important. Make time. Another great conversation. Yeah, hopefully people will kind of find it useful. And again, as we say before, it's like hope people can resonate with some of the things mm-hmm. we're saying. And, you know, some of the some of the advice that we're offering, people are interested in taking off for themselves. As usual, myself and Quasi are happy to talk more about this, but we want to keep these kind of short and to the point as possible. Sometimes difficult when we get into a conversation <laughs> because it goes on a while. But yeah, hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, hope you enjoyed it. And uh, tune in again.